Hi, everyone. Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole on Domain Sherpa. Jen and JT here. And as we say on Domain Sherpa, all roads lead to domains. And in the reverse, our work with domains has us venturing all the time into different areas and topics, hence the jump down the rabbit hole. This is our tech-adjacent, digital assets, pop culture, tangent positive, anything goes monthly podcast with a dash of domain nuggets sprinkled on top for good measure. We will explore fuck that, topics with our distinguished guests, touch on related news, and likely shower you with irrelevant trivia. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. I see you, Drew. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, calling him out by name. And speaking of interesting guests to that end, today we've got leading domain attorney John Barry Hill on the show again with Drew, with Amar, maybe more, to talk about additional legal issues related to domains, talking about domain parking, who is stolen domains, and the situation at epic.com. And remember, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you can also watch the video version at DomainSherpa.com and on our YouTube channel at DS.TV. You can also check us out on Apple and Spotify and other podcast platforms as well. And as usual, big shout out to Dan.com, the number one place in the world to buy and sell your domains with a special platform made for domain investors. With that, tis time to get curiouser and curiouser while we uh -huh. jump down the rabbit hole on Domain Sherpa. <laughs> where all roads lead to domains. All right, let's go. What's up, Sherpa Network? Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Jonathan Tenenbaum, a.k.a. JT, a.k.a. Jayon, a.k.a. Sherpa Winfrey, the Mad Hatter, host and producer here of Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Today's show is part of our Down the Rabbit Hole series. Welcome to the Tea Party. As we say here on Domain Sherpa, all roads lead to domains. And in the reverse, our work in domains has us venturing all the time into different areas, topics, hence the jump down the rabbit hole. So this particular show is co-hosted by Jen and myself. And uh, we describe this as our tech-adjacent digital assets, pop culture, tangent positive monthly podcast with do some domain stuff thrown in for good measure. Drew would like to see it be more domain stuff. We would like to go further off the reservation. We'll, we'll see. It's a constant struggle and balance but uh today's special special guest we actually have a part two we've got my boy john barry hill you know i'm i i gotta i gotta do the ak so you know i'm not i don't do a full-on introduction yet but uh we had such a great show on the last month's show where we dove into some of the legal issues around domains and digital assets that we had to have him back plus we had this big old topic list we spent all this time get and we we made it through one topic of like 10 so we are back at it we are back here so let me go ahead and dive right into our guests and, and do it official over to my right i got my boy john barry hill aka the rainmaker aka the legal eagle beanie seagull aka lance armstrong aka john barry hill street blues aka john the sweeter the barry hill the sweeter the juice what's up dude welcome back I found my thrill on blue. <laughs> on Blueberry Hill. Let's go. All Let's right. Go. All right. So we were able to rope in uh, somebody that you get to meet for the first time on today's show. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce <laughs> you next. Coming live from leaving Las Vegas, it is my boy, Amar Kuba, a.k.a. King Kuba, a.k.a. Danny Ocean, a.k.a. the even greater Gatsby. Do not chase an unworthy dream, a.k.a. Amarzan, a.k.a. Kuba Libre, a.k.a. LL Amar J. What's happening? I got man? one more, a.k.a. 
who's that Barry Hill guy? Uh, <laughs> you know, so, aka Barry Hill ain't no friend of mine. How about ooh, that? Oh, <laughs> Barry Hill ain't no friend of mine. I, I, right. I, I, didn't, I didn't give a speech at your wedding, Amar. <laughs> so, you know, um, but yeah, it's really great to be able to introduce you to. And because uh, as we were on the show last time, you know, John was talking about the people he is not friends with in the right. space, Bart, Bart, including Braden, who made Mollett. a special appearance, came in and jumped down the rabbit hole well, mid-show. Growing list after each show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, man. Welcome to the club. You know what I'm saying? Lose some more today. Yeah, no. Hey, after our last show, you know what I mean. Our uh, our our friends list is getting get getting cut down a little bit. Unfortunately, <laughs> people don't like it when you keep it real with them. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Unfortunately, you can't yeah, handle just, the we're, truth. We're, we're just here to tell the truth. You can't That's handle the truth, Billy. Hey. Hit him with it. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I'm a lawyer. I'm not allowed to do anything other than tell the truth. There you go. That's there it. you go. That's because you took that Hippocratic oath, you know, and we appreciate that. No, we um, take the Hippocratic oath. <laughs> the Hippocratical <laughs> oath. <laughs> Lawyer, that's, that's actually pretty good. Lawyers take the Hippocratical oath. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that, let's keep it moving on the AKAs. I got my co-host down below me. We got my girl, Jen Sale, a.k.a. Aussie Osborne, a.k.a. Olivia Newton-Jen, a.k.a. Rockadile Dundee, a.k.a. Dingo Star, <laughs> a.k.a. Melbourne to be wild, a.k.a. Sipping on Jen and Juice, a.k.a. Alice. What's up? It's like crazy late over there where you are. I know it's got to be like it's like four hour time difference from the East Coast, right? Something like that. Well, what? it's 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> a dingo ate my baby. A dingo <laughs> ate my baby. Listen up. <laughs> Here we go. Here we, we go. We've already lost everybody from Australia from the last shouldn't, time we were on the show. Shouldn't she be counterclockwise to you, though? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Above me. I, I, used, I used to do that to my assistant, Kristen. If we had to send a fax to Australia, I'd say, make sure you put it in upside down. <laughs> <the> right <laughs> she would do oh. it. Just gonna ask her to go in the bathroom and flush the toilet just to show everybody how the water circles the other way. It does, and that is actually that is actually true. We joke around <laughs> and make up facts that aren't actually facts, but that's true, right? Doesn't the water go the opposite direction in the toilet? No, I don't stand there looking at the toilet, like and how the water goes down. But like, I think that's in a America thing, or Australia. That's a thing. Well, yeah. Well, it was on The Simpsons, so yes. <laughs> Everything yeah. on The Simpsons is true, and not only that. It just exactly. may not be true yet. Yes. Exactly. This is prophetic. <laughs> it Please is. don't use the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like Kim Jong-un. All right. You know, let's keep it moving, though, because I'm going to go ahead and I'm flagged on everything. Stop. FYI, bringing this back to domains, I actually own KimJongUn.com. There oh. you go. So somebody holler at your boy. Tell him. Tell him. Yeah. Get it cheap. I, we can get it cheap. I've been waiting for him to bring a UDRP against me on that. I was like. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would be sort of a, you know, a feather in my cap. Yeah. Speaking so, so of when, dictators, when, when Tokyo own, gets blown up, we'll know why. Right. Speaking <laughs> of dictators, I own uh, SaddamHussein.com. Uh, oh, yeah, he's dictator. dead. There's no fun. Oh. He's dead. Wow. So, wow. Axis you guys. Axis of evil. We got to have the third one. Who's got the, uh, the, Khome- the Khomeini of Iran? Yeah. I don't know, but I saw that Putin.net is on the expiry list on GoDaddy today. And I was thinking about it, and then I thought, you know, I have, I, I just don't need to go there. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing you get poisoned on a park bench, and you know, I just, just cause. Yeah, 
I'm going to let somebody else. I'm going to let somebody else take that hit. It's two words. Put in. You know, it, it's a great name <laughs> for any business that involves putting things inside of other things, like Australian women. I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's gonna get good today. It's gonna get good today, <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen. Fasten your seatbelts. We should have a little counter. Friends lost. You know, Billy, show the counter. Show the counter, Billy. <laughs> negative. It's negative. I'm sorry. Hey, hey. You know, you know. I'm not even. I'm not even mad. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Last but certainly not least, over to my left i got my boy andrew rosner aka morpheus aka the dirk diggler digital assets aka the sniper aka drew drew got what i need aka never gonna give drew up aka blackbeard the domain pirate that's it that's all i'm doing i, just, I cut out like half of them because you said i do yeah, it's, it's, it's more gray now though uh didn't i say gray beard oh i said blackbeard no, it's you said be black. gray beard. i think that's always a point of contention you can call you can say salt and pepper the women like that. Oh, salt and pepper. Maybe that'll be, maybe that's another AKA, you know. In, in Australia, they like pepper and salt. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Australia. Um, great, great. It's poor, poor, poor Australia. All right. So here's the thing. We were on this, we did the show literally a month ago to the day, and we had this whole big old list. We didn't get through all of it, but um, so we're going to dive right back into the list and try to keep it moving, try to keep the topic somewhat short and try to get done on time. We will see how possible that is. Yeah. Um, all right. You know, so the thing I'm going to lead with is the thing that John said that he get the question you get asked the most by people, because we put this out into the Twitter sphere, into the universe and said, hey, guys, we're bringing John back on the show. Please let us know any specific questions. Um, and one of the questions that came up that you highlighted is something that you get a lot, which is what is the safest way to own and keep a domain, right? So if you register, you buy a domain uh, that you're buying for investment purposes, or maybe you got a business idea, but you're not ready to launch on it. You know, what is the sort of safest way to protect it so that you don't deal with legal issues? You don't get hit with UDRPs or any other types of complaints. Is it a parking page, a blank page, a sales page, a page with little content? What is the advice that you give? Okay. Um, and, you know, the way I look at things is, is what is the safest way? It's not necessarily the most profitable way. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily the highest traffic way. But if we're just optimizing for, you know, what I see and what I, you know, nobody sends me an email in the middle of the day that says, hey, John, uh, I'd like to pay you to just tell you that everything's going fine and I'm not having problems. So. <laughs> You don't get those emails. I get those emails all day. They're just like, "Hey, status update. Everything's great." Yeah, I, you know, I, I actually, I actually, well, anyway, I, I did that one time. I sat on a forum. Nobody ever pays me to say everything's going well, and then I received uh, a, a payment through PayPal with a note from somebody saying everything's going well. <laughs> but um, I noticed that uh, that that the the final absorption of Uniregistry into into godaddy is 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 happening and um one of the one of the things that's being lost in that is is some of the answers to those questions because the uniregistry marketplace system was it wasn't built as something to be marketed to domainers it was built by frank Schilling uh for the purpose of managing uh you know frank Schilling's uh, domain portfolio and many of the features that were built into the Uniregistry system uh, were features that 
you know, I had a lot of input into uh, because of that very question. All right. And there are things you hear all the time. Don't park your domains because, um, you know, it'll it'll converge to trademark meanings. OK, so if you have a domain with the word tied in it, all right, the optimization systems are very good at. Um, you know, not necessarily knowing, but 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 gauging that Tide seems to have some kind of strong association with laundry detergent, right? And in the United States, Tide is the the biggest selling uh, brand of um, laundry detergent, and it's also edible, right? Tide pods and whatnot, because so <laughs> candy and shit pops up as well, right? So continue. <laughs> We just lost three more friends. <laughs> um, well, this time to Tide Pods. Eat okay. your Tide Pods, everybody. What I what I deal with, what I deal with most of the time, uh, and and the thing that most people are worried about is is getting a UDRP. You could have a perfectly fine dictionary word, common expression, uh, you know, the tide rolls in, or or, or something like that. Time and tide, uh, you know, waits for no man. Um, but. Uh, if you put it on automated parking, what will happen is the revenue generation maximization algorithm will say, oh, hey, you know, detergent seems to match up with this really well. So you'll have, you know, a nice page that says, you know, tide waits for no man and washing machines, laundry detergent, all that good kind of stuff. And the basic question that we're trying to get to, that the panel is trying to get to in a UDRP is why did this person register this domain name? You can you can look at, oh, well, if this trademark was on this date and, that, and they announced this and I had, you can go into all kinds of technicalities, but at the bottom level, it is a gut feel. Um, why did this person register the domain name? And is it credible that it had something to do with this um, trademark owner? Now, if, you know, there's usually not a lot of evidence for you know, people that are in the in the domain secondary market, you know, basically, yeah, you're trying to sell a domain because it has value as a dictionary word. OK, I recently did a UDRP response in which, you know, basically I said to the panel, because it's an obscure trademark owner on a dictionary word. And, and, and I said, you know, started the UDRP response off by saying, you know, this panel, I'm going to make I'm going to make two bets before going into my legal arguments. I'm going to bet, number one, nobody on this panel has ever heard of this trademark owner. Or this, or this word being used as a trademark, and everybody on the panel knows this is a dictionary word, okay? And from that, you know, a lot of times if it's just, you know, a dictionary word for sale, but where there is evidence of a parking page that has unfortunate results on it, uh, that you didn't pick, the registrar put them there, it's a GoDaddy parking page, you didn't have any intention about it, your heart is pure, that's fine. Um, but if uh, if somebody gets into your car because you left the keys in it and goes and runs somebody else over, uh, you're going to be named in the lawsuit, you know, because you were not careful in dealing with your car. All right. Ultimately, they hold people responsible for those parking results, even if it's, you know, registrar parking that a lot of people who, you know, they were halfway drunk during the Super Bowl three years ago. <laughs> They saw a commercial and they went and registered a domain name and, you know, they don't even, they forgot about it. It charges their credit card every year and it has parking results on it. Um, you know, there's, there's sometimes we, we can't get to what the real story was behind, but we can get to, you know, the objective evidence of what the parking is doing and you will be held responsible for it, even if you were on a bender during the Super Bowl. 
So one of the things, though, that is most helpful in a UDRP dispute is that very question. Why did you register the domain name? You would like the use of the domain name. What is going on at the domain name to reflect your reasons, the real value for the domain name? So, you know, one of the things that was built into the Uniregistry control panel in the marketplace was a, you know, sophisticated keyword you know, the targeting system. Basically, you could choose categories uh, and you could nail that domain, you know, time and tide to moon phases, oceans, you know, stuff like that, where if it was just like, well, what if it's just like a three-letter acronym? You know, we had a page. You also could do exclusions. You could do exclude. You could exclude specific things, which I thought was a very powerful feature. Yeah. Now, the problem with that is, is that you will have people who will target the name to what they believe are high-value PPC topics that are not relevant to the domain name and it erodes traffic quality. So, you know, if you could, but, you know, the type of people that Uniregistry used to get were, you know, sophisticated domainers. And if there was something funny going on, you know, we we could police it. Maybe it doesn't scale to the size of GoDaddy. Maybe GoDaddy could have a trusted special domainer uh, program where, you know, there, there are people that do take care of these because the thing is park, if you look at, um, I think there are 39 UDRP cases involving, uh, name administration, Frank's company that held, held the domains and a couple of more involving link Z. Um, most of those, I would say on, on the ones where we didn't win because the domain name predated the trademark, most of those were won on the parking results, you know, uh, there was a there's a brand of sewing machine called Bernina, uh, you know, and, and Frank had uh, Bernina.com or Burnett.com or something like that. The company was Bernina. Their their machine is called Burnett. And it, it, it's a female name. And, and the page is parked to, you know, baby names, female names, genealogy, you know, that kind of thing. You, you can take that and say this has nothing to do with a trademark for a brand of sewing machine. So parking was essential essential to winning domain disputes when it was appropriate. And again, I, I, I think with the, the demise of Uniregistry, you know, that's something that's being lost. So then, you know, the next question is, well, what about a first, you know, you might ask me, what about a for sale page? What about a for sale page? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Uh, I like I like to include you all in the conversation today. Lamar, <laughs> yeah, man, good job being quick on that one because we're yeah. all like, uh, like, oh, he's true. I'm like, I'm actually thinking, I'm like, I wonder what's in the cup, you know? Like, what's he drinking? You know, like that looks really tasty. I'm like thirsty all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, this, this one is lemonade, and this one is coffee. Yeah, and this one is Everclear. All right, <laughs> continue. <laughs> Sorry, John. Well, I don't even. What was the question? Sales what about a for sale page? A for sale lander, and and you know you could have hybrids. Of course, you could have. You know, registry had you know parking results and click here to inquire, and you know people have all kinds of religious beliefs about that. But from where I sat, you know, targeted parking uh, was the gold standard. In fact, uh, if you go back to 1999, and you look at Usenet archives on. Um, there was an intellectual property discussion group in in Usenet uh, back in the day. And in 1999, both the ACPA and the UDRP 
uh, were being drafted. And I was looking at these and I was thinking about, well, what about these these domain uh, speculators? And I posted a, a series of, of postings to Usenet uh, back in, in, in 1999, 2000, saying, look, you know, this thing is coming down the pike. And what you might want to do on your valuable domains is at that time, sign up for affiliate programs, um, have, um, you know, uh, affiliate programs where you could put specific products on the page or specific advertisers on the page so that. Uh, you would be using the domain name as a vehicle uh, to publish advertising relevant to the primary meaning, the generic dictionary content or, you know, relevant associations to the uh, the domain name itself. So, you know, this is something I've been pretty consistent about for 21 years. If somebody wants to, you know, dig out my old Usenet stuff, there's you know, I, I did some interesting things when I was in grad school too. So, anyway, <laughs> thinking of other use that news groups, um, but you know, with with that going away or or being inaccessible, and there, I mean, there are some parking systems where if you call them up, if you know them, you know, say, hey, could you you know make sure that this is is targeted that, and you guys generally have that kind of influence. If you have a name park somewhere, you can do that. You know, other people don't, but uh, I, I think. You know, somewhere there is someone running a parking system trying to figure out how to compete. And, um, you know, if you come to me and show me that you are, are you know, reviving a targeted parking system, uh, that's, you know, one of the things that can grow up through the the forest floor around the GoDaddy consolidation that I had, had spoken about last month. Um, for sale landers, for sale landers, all right, classically in the UDRP, um, the trademark owner sees it for sale lander they put in a, a a communication through it using a gmail address they don't use their company address they don't you know they actually hide the fact that they're a trademark owner they'll inquire and and you come back with oh yeah i'll sell it to you for you know twenty thousand dollars or whatever and then they take that email and say hey he tried to sell the domain name to us all right and it's classic they'll just look at the for sale page and say oh he's trying to sell the domain name and, you know, overlooking the fact that the UDRP is pretty specific on offers to sell a domain name, it's, did you acquire the domain name for the primary purpose, excuse me, of selling it to the domain uh, or selling it to the trademark owner? And, you know, simply responding to joeblow at gmail.com, you know, who came in with a $8,500 offer just to make up a number, um, you know, he... Uh, that does not show that shows you're trying to sell it to some anonymous guy. And what's crazy in this recent UDRP response that I did was um, the registrar had implemented, you know, automatic privacy across the board. And they said, oh, the domain registrant is trying to hide his identity. You know, when we have all this correspondence where, oh, well, it looks like the trademark owner is trying to hide his identity. Uh, and in fact, they included in the emails that they submitted, internal communications in the company with other people who had company email addresses telling the guy with the Gmail address, well, say this or don't say that or, you know, try. It, it was just, you know, pathological. But there have been a couple of UDRP decisions where they said, OK, well, you know, sure, it's a dictionary word or it's a it's a three letter domain name. But. He wanted $20,000. And so that high a price, because these people have absolutely no idea what a domain name is worth, uh, 
he wanted that high a price because of this trademark. And uh, there's a panelist who has made himself somewhat famous for for just that sort of reasoning. He has this magic ability to tell when a price is premised on the trademark. <laughs> so here's the fix for for sale landers. And I know that, and, and I don't, look, I don't uh, receive anything for plugging anybody. Um, I, um, you know, that, that I, 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 I practice a lot. I don't compete in the domain space and I don't, you know, do advertising. Um, but I will say I was very impressed to see um, the FD system recently implemented uh, for sale pages where you can control a block of text. Now, I, I understand and someone has informed me that there is this capability uh, hidden within Dan, which has been absorbed into yeah. GoDaddy. And let me tell you the kinds of things that I have one domain. Can, can we can we give uh the example of where they can see a, a good implementation of that? Um, oh, well, it, off the top of my head, it, 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 it's uh, I, I don't have one of the specific targeted sale lander, but let me just explain what I'm talking about. Um, I have won disputes where basically there was a, you know, a, a stock picture on the page, a stock photograph, and an inquiry form. In uh, a decided UDRP case, Montaigne.com, all right, uh, Montaigne is apparently an outdoor apparel manufacturer in the United Kingdom, uh, which, you know, we learned about when we got the UDRP. And there was a picture on the for sale page of mountains. You know, Montaigne is also an adjective referring to a mountainous environment. That picture, was enough evidence of what was the intent, what was driving the value. Now, if you have a for sale page for some dictionary word, you can say, you know, why not make a sales pitch? Why not? You know, one of the problems that we have in the domain industry are people that genuinely don't know why domains are valuable. And you can say, this is a short, memorable dictionary word. Um, this you know, tied in time would be a great name for things like uh, a surfing website or or a, or a surf fishing or that kind of thing. You know, give examples of things the domain name would be useful for. If your business might benefit from this memorable dictionary word, you know, let me know. Um, and then, you know, and, and before you do that, you know, do some Googling and do a trademark search to find out what kind of trademark uses the domain name is being used and make sure you don't hit one of those in your sales pitch, you know, uh, <laughs> and don't say, oh, and it would be great if these trademark owners bought it, you know, because, because that, that's the thing you, you, it, it, and I realized that, you know, you bought this name in the heat of an auction, you saw it was a dictionary word, or it had a, a common phrase in it. Um, you know, it's not like you you were like looking at trademarks and then looking at the auctions and making your decisions that way, because that's not why people buy you know domain names. But making that sales pitch, having language on a for sale lander that is specific to the value of that domain name, whether it's a picture that is suggestive of what that dictionary word means, or whether it is you know a a bullet point list, um, you know sometimes it can be very subtle. One of my favorites is uh, hai.com, uh, which if you go to, uh, it has a sort of a, a Japanese art motif. Uh, it has the definition of haik in, in, in Japanese as meaning yes, affirmative, haik. 
Um, and, uh, you know, and it has an email where you can contact them. It's actually and, German for shark. Yep. Could, there you go. It could be, it could, you could have a shark on it, you know, eating Germans. You could have. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, anyway, that German audience. I, I think that's the next, I think that's the next big movie, you know, like Nazi sharks on that. Um, going around the world, around the world. But, you know, the, the point is when you, when you get to that argument in the UDRP of he tried to sell the domain name to us, it's like, well, no, he tried to sell the domain name because I'm, I'm sure I'm certain I will say without even looking, there is someone that has a trademark for HAI. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that's true of a lot of three letter acronyms. Now, if it's IBM, you know, that's a famous one or VW. Um, but you know, something like HAI, yeah, I, I'm certain there, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's a trademark on it without even looking. And, and um, John, this is, is this like more specific to like your top level extensions? Because I know with .com.au, I've been advised not, um, to necessarily say it's for sale. It needs to be like this domain may be for sale. And then it also has to have PPC links on it to show that it's being monetized um, and that I haven't bought it just to resell it. So I think, yeah. So I was wondering, like, with different extensions, did the different rules apply? Yeah. So some CCTLDs, you know, have have their own rules. I mean, for example, uh, in .in, uh, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. According to Nixie, the .in registry, you're not allowed to sell .in names. Um, you know, do people do it? Yeah. Uh, but it, actually, if dot, if if Nixie gets informed that someone's selling a .in name, they'll go back to the registrar and say you have to cancel this registration. And and um, yeah, I know that Australia had uh, you know a number of rules around company names. It has to it has to correspond to your company registration and and, and so forth. Um, Australia is one of the few places I have not done a CCTLD dispute. Uh, I don't know if it's because you know Australians all get along well together or. Ah. They're basically all expected to be thieves, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 don't seem to. And and you know probably because there's there's a number of good uh, domain IP folks uh, working in Australia who, uh, who who probably deal with those better than I would. But certainly, yeah, there are there are different CCTLD rules on on parking on on use of the domain name and um different um slightly different outlooks on on uh the dispute mechanisms uh the AUDRP is different from the UDRP in in some minor regards and that goes for .couk with the the nominate dispute proceeding as well but at their core you know the main point is whether you are parking the domain whether you are using the domain you know for 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 anything once the UDRP is filed, it is a credibility contest, and there is nothing that beats having objective evidence of your intent before you need it. Okay, um, and even back in the Usenet days, I, I was I was harshly treated by uh, an intellectual property lawyer who said, you know. <clears throat> Well, basically, you're, you're you're just trying to teach people to cyber squat, you know, because you're you're having them manufacture this evidence of of good faith intent, you know. And it's like, you know, all year, every year, I have a little box where I keep all my receipts that I for money that I spent on my business, uh, because at the end of the year, 
uh, I'm going to file my taxes and I'm going to say I spent this much on my business. Now I have a, yeah, I, during that year, I saved a box of receipts so that if necessary, I can prove that that's what I spent on my business. Same deal with your domains. Um, you know, if you're not cyber squatting, then uh, you would like to have there to be evidence of your good faith intent, why you think the domain was valuable uh, before that dispute comes in. Mm. Um, on the this may be for sale <laughs> all right yeah but i think that's it and look and i think you know and, and, and just to we got to move along to other topics okay. too so i don't want to just keep us too tied up on one but i i think you know the short answer it's is important. no that no and, and like you said this was the one that you get asked the most and it mm -hmm. came up and came up in response to us saying hey you got any questions for John? I want to know who the IP attorney was, though, that was talking that smack. We're talking about keeping receipts. You know, <laughs> like, let's see, you know, let's name some names up in this piece. But no, I'm, I'm kidding. So, but I, th I think let's encapsulate this then for folks. I think, you know, like you said, objective evidence of good faith intent to register, use, own a domain, um, you know, in line with the way you've sort of described it, I think makes a lot of sense. And, um, and obviously, you know, not all terms are created equal. So those that could have potentially, you know, some trademark claims on it, sometimes you're not going to know what some piece, you know, we've seen people come out of the woodwork and decide that they want to start a business on a brand on a domain you might already own. And then they, you know, say, hey, I mean, this was the actually this was a big topic that we talked about last show. Um, and then it's like, you know, how do you manage that? And they say, oh, they don't really, you know, they've just been squatting on this name. I really have a real real intent, you know, like a, I'm, I'm the real owner of this brand now because I had this idea and I want to use this term and how dare they have the .com domain when I should be the one who has it. But, um, but then you get into That's when I give them the, I double dog dare you. That's the, that's the response to that one. I double, I triple dog dare you. Put your tongue on the frozen pole. <laughs> when, you know? when you write back to them. All right. Yeah. You know, Drew is, Drew is surprisingly responsible, even to the, um, you know, even to the folks that I would be like, you don't need to respond to that. And he's like, already did. CC you on it. <laughs> you know, writing, I'm like, will be exhibit A. You know? Did you have to threaten to run him over with your car? Oh, no, no, no. I am <laughs> extraordinarily, extraordinarily conscious of the fact that my everything that I write will be used against me in right. oh, some yeah. form of court like, or forum. You like he hopes I, it does. I write, I, I write it with the full intent. Yeah. Well, and that's that's another opportunity, by the way, if, if you just have a blank for sale lander, you know, people say, hey, is this domain for sale? And you say, oh, yes, this dictionary word referring to the effect of the moon on the oceans, you know, is very valuable to people engaged in maritime activities. And therefore, I think it's worth, you know, three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, hey, trademark or not, I mean, Tide.com is a fantastic domain name, and that actually wouldn't be such an outrageous price for that domain. The, um, you know, it, just in the fact that it has a valuable one-word dictionary word, like very much like you said, that, you know, has other meaning well beyond, you know, what it might be attributed to in the minds of certain consumers or what have you. But um, no, be before we move on, because I actually want to uh, bring up something that John alluded to earlier about the who is. And um, because the uh, UDRP that I recently uh, got, they did claim what John's talking about here that I was hiding. And mm. it was because uh, when the domain transferred from uni to GoDaddy, GoDaddy automatically puts privacy. Sure. None of my names have privacy by default. I, in fact, do the opposite. I prefer to 
um, show the who is, right? Show my contact information. But that's a double-edged sword with GoDaddy because I just got a letter in the mail for one of my names to my home address. That's at GoDaddy because they showed my who is info, um, my my account info uh, as my who is. But that's a separate issue. Wait, wait, wait. So let's talk about that for a second. So when they, you know, oh, we'll go ahead, finish your point. But then I want to talk about the unmasking. I think that's also an interesting topic that we can get right. into. Right. So the, the reason what I'd like to ask John is, I think what you, what he's going to say is it's better to show the who is, right? But um, is, is there, is that correct? Is it better to not have your domain names privacy and can the privacy... Because in this case, they did try to use that against me, um, but we were able to show why, it, it, you know, it wasn't my choice, actually, and I wasn't hiding. But with, in, with the the liability, of, in the case, in, in, the, in the case of, let's just say it was privacy protected, is that a de facto, um, is that a bad thing, right? I, you know, for some people, they don't, they don't want to show it, right? So what's the best way for who is, for instance, I use domain administrator, um as the name but i have a proper address a proper email and a proper phone number that all resolve and all get to me but it just doesn't have my name it has my company name so it says domain administrator yeah. afterthought inc right we, and, we do the same domain admin company name address so, phone number so is that okay number one and number two what about if it is if somebody does prefer privacy? Is that a problem? Yeah, I've I've never been a fan of using uh, of using um, who is privacy. Um, and there may be there there are things that are appropriate for different people. And actually, through some registrars right now, you don't get a choice because the safe route with the ICANN temporary specification and GDPR is just to you know redact it all. And, yeah. And, this, that was my understanding that with the, the liability of GDPR, but the then default, how, how did I the get default, this <laughs> the, the, the by default is privacy at almost, well, at least to the registrars that I use. Yeah. And he will. And look, so I was obviously with <clears throat> web when we did, you know, when GDPR was enacted. So, you know, it was a qu big question of how do we want to handle it. We were also working with two cows and enom and, you know, through the name, you know, through Namejet and all that good stuff. And everybody had a different opinion as to what they wanted their default to be. I think that, you know, uh, I think folks felt like, all right, if we're going to err on the side of caution without question, we're going to make it, we'll put everybody under privacy. You know, then it was like, okay, maybe we just put the people under privacy that are located in Europe, right? We're talking about GDPR and even before the, you know, the California, you know, legislation happened, but the, um, CCPA, um, and, uh, so, you know, but then I know some registrars were kind of like, well, you know, if we, we people pay for privacy, right? So if we go ahead and make privacy, um, you know, the default for everyone, well, then, you know, that's a, is there a way to differentiate, you know, GDPR privacy versus, you know, some sort of privacy? That was the best. That was the best when, when the registrars were like, well, we're going to offer super privacy. Super <laughs> privacy, exactly. <laughs> Extra private privacy, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then GoDaddy took it a step further. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, this privacy thing is kind of cool because now nobody can actually contact the domain owners. they got to come through us. Well, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I think is, is really interesting in the space. And what people lose sight sometimes, it's not always the most simple thing or just, oh, that's got to be that. Because like you said, 
then they re recognize like, oh, maybe we may lose a little bit of our privacy revenue. But now all of a sudden our aftermarket revenue is going to increase because no one can reach our registrants without us. And therefore, you know, we now become the go between and we're going to take a 10, 15, 20, 25 percent rip on in the world that Number just keeps going. Produce. Number keep going up. You could, use this, you could use this as a perfect metaphor for something that's a, a current event, which is the collapse of the banking system. And you have basically the Fed is I here, come, here comes here comes Drew with the with 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 the uh, with the financial news. Well, that's but exactly, no, and he's just been waiting. News. He's like, it's, "Wait, it's, can I get in now? Can I do it now?" News. It's actually more societal. <laughs> this is like I can is the Fed. The banks are the registrars. And you know the consumers of the you know are the depositors, the, the domain registrants of the depositors, and it's like, well, if we collapse all of these banks, now they have to come through us, right? Us being a small number of large banks that are directly tied to the Fed, and it's quite an interesting, you know, sort of evolution um, of how that happened with you know registrars and how it's now seemingly happening at the banks. It's a consolidation of power. It's happening everywhere you look in life. A lot of consolidation. Yeah, no, Drew is just waiting for the end. He's like, oh, I, you know, we make some random offhanded comment. He's like, that reminds me of the collapse of the banking system. Let's talk about it. And uh, are fractional domain interests FDIC insured? Because that's where my whole retirement is. Absolutely not. <laughs> but no, but let John finish on the, the conversation about the who is. Yeah. No, I hadn't even gotten started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to get through at least two or three more topics. So let's, this is topic number two, talking about who is privacy and, you know, what should the default be kind of based let, on your, you know. Yeah, let John answer the question. I want to talk about John answering the question and I want to continue to talk about the topics and I want to talk about talking. Fine, go oh ahead, John. Go ahead. For the next hour, for the next hour, I'll be talking about who is privacy <laughs> because, because I can. Oh boy, where to begin? Um, I I have never been a big fan of who is privacy because uh, it does provide what is more or less of a zombie argument in UDRPs where they say, oh, he was trying to hide himself because of a very early case involving a company in Australia uh, called Telstra. And and the, the Telstra case is the most cited case in UDRP jurisprudence. Everybody likes it because it's Telstra versus nuclear marshmallows. Ha ha, the cyber squatter had a funny name. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> nuclear marshmallows. That's the name of the, that's going to be the name of the show, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there were, there were like, there were like 10 factors. They said, you know, it's it's a really famous, unique, distinctive, inherently you know fanciful mark that yeah somebody registers Telstra. We know why they were doing it back in that time, but they also you know did like five other things, and one of them was bad who is data. They had fake who is data or something like that, and they were trying to. So then everybody piles on and says, oh well, if it's you know fake or privacy who is data, then it's cyber squatting. You know, it's just something. The people throw in as a factor uh, at this point in a, in a UDRP response, you just say, hey, it's who is privacy. In fact, the UDRP was revised a couple of years ago. And if you look at the UDR, there's the UDRP and then there's the UDRP rules. And you got to look at those two things together. If you look at the UDRP rules, it even says that, uh, you know, the, the order of events, the registrar is to be notified by the UDRP provider and the registrar has two business days to make any updates 
to the who is data, such as removing a privacy service, you know, and 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 moving on. And it's it's particularly galling because you know, WIPO gets a UDRP complaint, notifies the registrar, registrar sends back the, the underlying registrant information. Um, WIPO then invites the complainant you know, to amend the complaint or say whatever else they want to say now that they know the guy's name, uh, you know, and then and then the proceeding moves on. And then, you know, you show up, you, the, 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 you hire a lawyer, you show up, and, and, and you're, you know, going to file a response, and they're arguing, oh, he's trying to hide himself. And it's like, you know, that's, that's just, you know, it, it, it is written into the UDRP how privacy services are supposed to work. But there are, you know, there are panelists who don't even keep up with, with rule changes, you know, in the UDRP. So it, it is an argument that gets made. It is easy to take off the table by using real who is information, real who is information, which means one of two things. I'd like to see either a real person's name in the registrant information or a real company's name, excuse me, or, or you know, or a DBA in the... <laughs> For those of you who are only listening and not watching, John has decided to flip off the audience because he's like, fuck y'all. Go ahead. Continue, please. Or domain administrator with the company. And, and actually, that when you have a company, it's preferable to do it that way. Because one of the real issues with domain registration data is it does this domain is this domain name registered to, you know, Jim Jim Bob or is he registered to ABC Corporation? You know, Jim Bob might be an IT employee and so forth. And it is unfortunate that registrars and and for you know historical reason there has been no distinction made between is this domain name registered to this individual or to this business and that gets into into problems when you have rogue employees who who go off uh or upon whom the liability you know falls uh i know that marchex used to have uh their uh, an it guy who was identified in the registrant field and and so you know this guy he's just an it professional Brent, brendan my uh man what was it Menheim? brendan height or something like that yeah, yeah. brendan height yes. brendan height he was a real so guy though he, he was a real guy. but then he was still in there like long after he was gone yeah. And what, what's crazy is what's crazy is, you know, we're, we have realized that, that digital privacy is important. And, you know, every time that Brandon Height uh, applies for a job uh, or tries to get a promotion <laughs> in his company, if he goes to get a loan. All right. People will look and they say, oh, well, you've been involved in. You, know, <laughs> you, are, you are a serial <laughs> cyber squatter, Brendan. <laughs> You know, and like you. Thing is, oh man! Even if 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 you have a UDRP filed against you and you get named, and the panel finds in your favor and said it was frivolous reverse domain hijacking, your name lives in this wipeo decision forever. Mm. Yeah. And uh, you know, people have come back to me and said, "Is there any way to to get rid of that?" You know, and and it's terrible because you weren't found guilty of anything, but. Um, because, and I've started asking for this where appropriate. I've had people that, you know, one was a realtor, uh, you know, who had legitimately had a domain name and didn't want, you know, potential clients 
uh, Googling her name and saying, you know, because people come back to me and say, oh, well, John, it, but it says they won and it says it was frivolous. And it's like, no, it's 12 pages long. It's from yeah. the World Intellectual Property Organization. It has lots of legal terms. It says that some company said this person did something bad. Do you think people read these things or understand them? Oh, yeah. Um, it just in the just in the results alone, they see name versus name. And it's like, oh, OK, this guy's tied up in stuff, you know, and yeah. it's like that's noisy. And I've got 20 job applicants for this job and I'm looking for reasons to effectively cross people off the list quickly. And this guy has a lot of like a lot of hair on this dog. You know what I mean? So I'm doing it. I'm, I have a UDRP pending case right now for a guy who is the head of IT security at a publicly traded company. And it is a domain name that is a variation of his last name uh, that he has kept for, you know, a number of years personally. But yeah, at some point uh, he's going to have to explain to uh, yeah. management and to the board of directors why their head of IT security is somehow involved in a cyber squatting dispute. And it is, it's, yeah. it, it is it is the one of the craziest UDRPs I've ever seen. The complainant was 12 years old when this guy registered the name. Okay, so I, I mean, he didn't. He 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 like you know. I I had this one. He city. wants his two dollars. <laughs> yeah, I want exactly. my two dollars. Yeah. He's the kid from Better Off Dead. But it was yeah. That was you know that was 20 years ago. Now he he runs a law practice in Florida. Adopted this as a trademark, you uh. know, and he wants it, you know, and and so it's like oh yeah okay so. I, in the response, I said, you know, obviously what happened here is, you know, uh, when this when, you know, in, in 2000, this guy registered the domain name while, of course, the complainant at 12 years old, you know, he dreamed of of one day growing pubic hair and having a domain name. <laughs> <laughs> like the way, by the I, way, I did that right on, right on cue. <laughs> by, by, by the way, shout, shout out to Barry Hill here. One of my favorite things about John as an attorney is that he's not afraid to go there in yeah an actual, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of that too I mean as an in, you know we're both obviously legal, you know we're reformed yeah. attorneys ourselves and or recovering attorneys or however you want to call right. it and you know we can appreciate that when you're going through filings and you're going through court documents and you actually have an attorney who has a sense of humor but is able to frame it in a way that it makes sense within the argument yeah. to know like when to do that yeah. is like I'm a big fan, so I would agree. Uh, John, can you show me that picture of Zach again? Because I think I wonder if when you're writing the retort, uh, if you, you say <laughs> no, no, you say to yourself, "Would Zach write this?" Yes, <laughs> yes. Big shout out to Zach. What's happening? So. Well, JT, I, 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 I JT, some, we've got. <laughs> I do. I do have some other evil influences. What am I supposed to do, Jen? They. They. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh yo uh, we, we i recognize that ape shout out, out to alan you know <laughs> and um we we may know we may know this character oh look at that shout out to morgan you got you got all sorts of nfts on your on your jersey oh yeah. sugar shane that was, that's uh, actually colonel white and fur right there that's colonel white and fur as as I learned, what was interesting was that the company that prints the jerseys came back to us and said, "Do you have the permission of these uh, of these board ape owners uh, to put them on the shirt?" I thought that was that was kind of interesting. Ooh, I like it. Let's go. Let's get some yeah, yeah get some IP enforcement up in here. Let's she'll put some respect <laughs> on these apes. Um, all right, Jen is Jen is Sorry. giving me the hey guys, like we got to keep it moving. So all right, so. Boys. 
So the short answer, right? Because I like trying to condense these things down to actionable advice. Real information. Real information is the, is the rule of the day. You know, keep it and, real. Keep it a hundred. I like yeah. <laughs> keep it a buck. Let's keep go. it a hundred. And uh, you know, and I think it's also an interesting thing about the whole company versus the individual. And I do think that that's important. You know, people we see it all the time where you know somebody they have hire someone to design their website. That's who goes and registers the domain. And then, you know, you're dealing with trying to chase down a webmaster when, you know, that's not technically who the quote unquote owner is, but it's the owner of record. So, you know, all sorts of messiness ensues. So, you know, I think that's an important piece just around your business. Just kind of like you said about collecting your receipts. I mean, I don't have, I don't collect papers. Do you still collect paper receipts on all your payments and stuff? Like, John, you keep the box of paper receipts for tax purposes? Do, do I, do I collect paper? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go digital, man. We're going digital out here. Media Options is the industry's leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. All right. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the next topic because we're going to actually get through more than, than we're going to get multiple yeah. topics on today's show. So, exactly. So we've kind of almost hit the hour mark, which is crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was saying, I, I just messaged JT and I said, I think we're going to have to do a speed round for some of these topics and we're just going to have to like be tough. limit speed, it to speed rounds are going to be tough I was going to respond I don't know oh, God. I don't know I'm if that's leaving to get coffee what no 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 it's right there relax oh, keep talking I'm listening did you just tell me to relax what? <laughs> <laughs> you said chill honey Whoa. bunny chill chill honey bunny like Pulp Fiction yeah. I was I was <laughs> so, I, I, I felt that real hard um <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Sorry, I knew you. I knew oh, no. okay, you can't. You I, I can't could, do that and not expect I, me to react. Hey, quick hits! I'll, I, I'll, I, give you, I'll give you. I'll give you quick hits. Oh like gosh! That? You can't put okay. it out there and not let me. T- you know what I'm saying? Like, I, look, I set it up for you. Okay, thank you. That's what That's a good it. co-host does. That is okay. All right. Bye. Okay, so are we gonna just? I, I think we just like run through these and just try to give some kind of minimal explanation, which is going to be difficult with some of these topics that people have shared with us. Um, and shout out to the person that did ask us about um, what's the safest way um, to hold on to your name. Do, I don't know if you have their username there, JT, but we can shout them out a bit later. Okay, yep. so. Let me, um, uh, I will find it. Some of these usernames are very strange too, John, so I'm warning you. Okay, so um, at flan underscore TS, this is just going to be silly, um, Kent Shackleton, legal aspects of epic.com meltdown he would like us to discuss. So a couple of points regarding Epic would be um, discussing some of the issues over at Epic, such as non-payment on domain marketplace sales. And then also what happens to your domains when a registrar goes out of business. So I think if we can keep this to like a five to 10 minute 
kind of second. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, epic, okay, well, epic fail. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it though, because I mean, obviously, this is uh, this matters. I mean, you know, Epic had made pretty good inroads, especially in the domain investor community. And then, you know, introduce this idea of master bucks. As John's going to jump out of his chair. Just let him rip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's go. What do you think? Like what's, uh, you know. You know, I, 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 Epic was, was a pioneer in embezzlement as a service. <laughs> Next. You can make an argument that Epic started the entire shitcoin industry. <laughs> they, they, they were so far ahead of the curve on shitcoins. It's like they were a decade ahead. Let me, let me say, let me, I will, let me say this about, about uh, Epic. I, I, I like to try to be helpful. Uh, if, if you are one of the many people, you know, dealing uh, with issues with Epic, um, there is, you know, there, there, if you get taken by a Nigerian scammer, all right, and eventually you stop, you realize what's going on, and you've been scammed out of thousands of dollars by a Nigerian scammer. One of the things that there goes happen, Nigeria. One of the things, or or a four one nine scammer of, of any of any kind. Yeah, I mean, you know, scammers come from you know the best oh. of places, don't they? Like you know, Lisbon. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, oh, several no. months later, several months later, you may receive a further contact from the special financial police of wherever who will inform you that they have caught the scammers. They looked through their data. They found out that you've been scammed and they'd like to help you recover your money. OK, mm -hmm. those people are second level scammers. All right. Basically. The first scammer, you know, the first scam got played on you. So now we're going to play the second scam on you. And that is pretending to help you. So without going into a whole lot of detail, yeah. um, people who have been scammed by Epic may or may not be contacted by persons who are not registered, licensed attorneys, whose interests are not particularly clear uh, and who want to obtain information from you about your dealings with Epic, and they will make mm, vague promises of trying to get you help of some kind. Um, it The aroma of this activity uh, has struck me, personally, in my opinion, as being very similar to the the second level scammers that come along. Now, I've had people come to me and look. You know, Epic is a is a company in Washington State. I'm licensed in Pennsylvania. I live uh, in beautiful Newcastle County, Delaware. Um, I am as far away from the Western District of Washington or the King County Courts as you can get. I have no interest in being involved in legal disputes in the state of Washington. So I have, you know, I have looked for, you know, people who are reputable in the field of, you know, financial transactions and business law in Washington. And I've referred people, you know, to attorneys in that area. Um, but here, here, here's the, here's, here's the thing. I think that we all kind of understand that a lot of money went missing and that there is a, you know, the Epic was run, uh, 
their current president refers to it as, oh, well, there was like an unfortunate commingling of funds, you know, yeah. which means we were taking money out of what we were calling escrow and basically running a Ponzi scheme. All right. Fine. <laughs> SBF. Um, now, there's all kinds of illegality involved in it. People are like, well, why is no one suing? And, and, and one of the reasons, you know, why no one's suing and, and people could, you know, get together and go to an attorney. Do not join together with some anonymous guy on some forum who says, hey, I want to get a bunch of people who've been ripped off together so that we can do something. It's really not a good idea. <laughs> um, and your communications with people who aren't attorneys are also not, you know, confidential. But um, here's the thing. Uh, when a lot of people come to me and they say, you know, I'm being sued for $100,000. Uh, the first question I ask is, do you have $100,000? And they say no. And I say, well, I, I got some good news for you. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh. not going to lose $100,000. <laughs> um, so, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can sue. It costs money to sue. People are like, oh, why don't attorneys, I mean, maybe you can get an attorney to do it on contingent fee, but, you know, here's the deal. You, you're coming to me and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to spend the next, you know, 100 hours of my life trying to get you money from somebody who probably doesn't have it. Um, there's only so much you can do if, if uh, you know, ultimately you would have to, you know, find a way, which may not be too difficult, to go after the considerable personal assets of individuals who were responsible for those misdeeds, uh, which, which, you know, may be a more appropriate route, but it takes a long time, you know, to convert, you know, someone's house uh, at, with their new kitchen cabinets into, um, <laughs> into cold hard cash. I feel bad for the, for the one lady who, um, yes. I forget her yes. name. But I mean, yes. the Kathleen. name that was sold for, I think, a hundred thousand dollars. Kathleen, yeah. Kathleen yeah. Kalaf, or what I believe. Yeah, is the... I mean that was. That it was, was a good her... domain too. I don't remember the name, but it was a good domain. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that was like her her retirement money. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, or at least that's that... the story. I don't know. I don't yes. know her, but that's the story. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, definitely her... what what I've seen online and and on yeah some of the platforms. There's definitely been like innocent people caught up in this rubbish and that's absolutely terrible. I'm just going to answer this like super quick and move on to the next topic because we're already hitting an hour right now. Um, the, um, the second question was what happens to your domains when a registrar goes out of business? Well, as someone who just actually wound up one registrar, we were managing and operating a couple of registrars and we were like, okay, we just need to consolidate. This is crazy. Why have we got multiple registrars? Um, so when a registrar goes out of business or shuts down, um, basically that registrar will nominate another registrar um, to take on any domain names that currently exist in that registrar that's getting shut down. Um, and I can and the registrar all sort that out. It's pretty seamless these days. But, no, but that's quickly. that's when it's all copacetic and everybody's friendly and doing it. Right. Now, yes. in, in this case, if it's a forced <laughs> shutdown or right. something else, then, yes. you know, that's what happened with Registerfly, if I recall. Uh, then well, and do we have any concerns about if the renewals, like if a customer pays for a renewal? Well, that's happening. That's and the renewals are actually not yeah. getting then paid at Verisign or with ICANN. Yeah. That is happening. Yes. 
Yes. I'm an investor in a portfolio that that's happening uh, in and uh, the guy's renewing and they're having issues with not, I don't even know if it's a, a, um, an issue of them not paying Verisign. I think they're just like, I, I think GoDaddy may be throttling them too. Like they, they can't renew certain TLDs um, and they're, they're, and they're having technical issues. So stuff is trying to be renewed, but it's not, it's like, there's some issues in the code, I think. So can you transfer, can you transfer out? Can okay, you get your names so out? You can transfer that, out. That is, Go ahead, Jen. Yeah, is it safe that, to say dumpster fire? you know you're also assuming you're also assuming that the registrar the failing registrar had good enough data hygiene so that the registrar undertaking for that registrar you know will be able to sort out whose domains are whose and again we come back Mm -hmm. to real who is information we're off the reservation folks oh my god i wish i had a mic that's it we've lost we the 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 train has left the tracks okay Moving on to the next. Topic. We are barreling no. straight through the woods now in the, in the train. But um, okay. So go ahead. Continue. Well, continue your thought. I'm I'm, I'm I'm in my second marriage too, and 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 I always tell you know some of you have met my my lovely wife MJ, you know, and I, I always tell her you know my my second marriage is so good uh, I can I can hardly wait for my third one. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll probably go third south. Times the charm, life. baby. Um. Well, but the point you were making is, is that also, right, like, you know, assuming that everything is, is uh, right, because it's what level of sort of dumpster fire are we at, right? It's like there are clearly issues with the funds that were tied into these master bucks and the payments being made to people selling domains. There are issues with people trying to renew their domains. And the question is, is is to how the data was, is, you know, people have what rights do people have to their stuff and how do they un unwind and and deal with this stuff well also like what are the what where does ICANN sit in all of this and like let's say they are defaulting on their registry balances and they're not funding those balances that's that's between registries that is that is but still those registrants want to know that their assets are oh yeah so why is anyone not transferring all their domains out right now so th- I was going to bring that up. I, I do think there's the some level reason of, there. there's some level of caveat emptor here because I do think for whatever reason there are people that just continue to leave their names there and compute continue to support them. So and, and that's we have choice. clients. That's their we choice. Have, we I actually I don't even want to say clients. We we have people who have come to buy a domain from us who think that Epic is the bee's knees. And they think, oh, this escrow.com company, we won't deal with them. But Epic, oh, they are just wonderful. And I would be delighted to conduct this transaction through Epic. And I'd say, you know, there's, if you were paying me $4 billion for this domain name, I wouldn't do it through Epic. Um, and, but I don't know what it is. Somehow Rob Monster has cast a spell on some folks uh, uh, that just, no matter what, how big the dumpster fire gets, they want to jump in. They believe that there is a pot of gold at the bottom of the dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they definitely that they really in him and you know I guess it's him, but probably it's, some it, of the team uh, they've engendered it's religious. It's somehow is religious. It's people they, are religiously 
they're zealots for right. for epic zealots. for whatever reason. Zealots. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting though. I mean, it's too, such though. a great way to demonstrate Darwinism. Like. <laughs> all right well Look, we, we don't even have to go there right with we, we, we don't have, but there well let's just say i think some people choose to continue to do business there and that's their choice but they yeah. should do that they should choose with eyes wide open knowing that there are these issues yeah. and potential further issues and that's their choice if they don't want to do anything about it you know you it's it's that's up to them right like yeah. Epic had Epic had Epic had innovative services. They had yeah. low prices. You know, they did have the the personal attention of the CEO. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were there was and, a lot to a lot to a lot in that. And and people, you know, people it costs money to move their domains out. I I had no idea. For example, one of the things that Epic did recently was they changed the post expiration renewal time okay and i had no idea having you know been in the icam world and served on some of the working groups that developed you know the the domain name lifecycle policies i had no idea there were people that then intentionally build that into their calculations that you know i can des- i can decide not to renew a domain you know, for 35 days and then renew it on that 35th day, you know, just so that I'm paying my bills as late as possible, just so maybe, you know, it might sell in that period of time and I still have it. And Epic changed the number of days uh, (laughs) that that people could do that, you know, no notice the data, knowing they had the data in their hand. They know how many customers go out to you know, 39 days and renew it 39 days and, and have their own systems for keeping track of it. And then, you know, the period of time got shorter and once yeah. domains expire under the terms of Epic, you know, it's those things that, you know, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. Yeah. I do think, like you said, you know, uh, Amar, caveat emptor, right? When you're dealing with a situation like this, especially for folks in the domain space, because some folks, you know, are going to continue to use these services, even though, you know, there's sort of this cloud of stuff. I mean, and if they're trying to make it right and try to make it work, I mean, credit to those folks that are putting in that time. But man, it is uh, it is pretty pretty messy in the meantime. So, all right, yeah. well, let's go. Uh, let's jump into uh, so this yeah. so Ali uh, at May Von L tweeted. Yeah. Uh, Notice some logos on Squad Help look like intellectual property infringement. Um, yeah. Who carries that liability? So this is interesting. So, so really, you, if we can if we can show we, those images, we kind we'll of touched on this though, right? We touched on this, and the next one. Of- well, so I think we have time to kind of speed around two topics. This one I, I want to talk about real quick, and then I want to talk about Andy Booth had a tweet about stolen domains, which I think was also interesting. So um, I think yes. those two we can kind of do quickly. Um, okay. We have some questions around AI and stuff that I think is just that's a separate it's show, probably all into itself. Too big. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, and then some other stuff, but I think these we can kind of hit really quick and 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 talk about it. So. In this case, right, so you've got some of these uh, services that create logos for landing pages for for sale landers and things. Um, what happens if they're, you know, I don't know, have we seen an issue where somebody's brought a claim, a trademark infringement based on a logo on a lander? And if that was the case, you know, how does the, how would that shake out? There, there, well, I don't know the case, but I know that like about two, three years ago, there was a case that, that was sort of making the rounds that was based upon somebody having a a, a, a logo on the parking page mm-hmm. or, la- or landing page, so to speak. So then I guess, you know, 
you know, well, the way so that I would in interpret this, you, so it, it yeah, would involve in the, then, hey, reaching out to squad help, right? And saying, hey, yeah. look, you put this logo that now has got, you know, now we're, now we, we, with the royal we including them, we're subject to this UDRP yes. that you've roped us into and hope well, that they do the right thing. I don't even think it would be a UDRP issue. I think it's more like a copyright infringement issue when it comes to the logos. Wouldn't it be, John? I think. No, but it's also because, UDRP. Yeah, it's both. Example, well, the example yeah, yeah, they yeah. gave. Sephora, Sephora and Safari. Yes. Right? And exactly. so I think, you know, John, you, I don't know if you saw, saw that logo. It does look uh, similar and <laughs> the domain name is similar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I, I, that 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 one's not going to fly. And, and, it, and it's funny because people always accuse lawyers of you know, oh well, you know, they'll tell you a ten page, they'll send you a ten page letter and say maybe, you know, once in a while there's an easy question. Um, I had a case, uh, I had two cases uh, in parallel a number of years ago uh, involving you, the letter U, and the word health. And uh, one was a .org and one was a .com or .net or something. Anyway, they were two parallel UDRP cases brought by, I believe, the University of Miami Health System, uh, which called itself U-Health or whatnot. And the University of Miami has a logo that is uh, like orange and green or something like that, okay? The only difference in these two cases, all right, they both... Both domain names had the letter U in health, which could be, you know, lots of things, right? U, U health is, you know, back in the day, that was a great name. Um, they had parking, they both went to parking pages. The parking page on one of them was, had actually the colors green and orange on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I think, I, you know, and, and the, the domain registrant had no idea. Uh, I, I think it was like GoDaddy Colors at the time or something. Um, but that 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 was enough to to tip that scale that, you know, that I was talking about earlier. So, yeah, things that look like similar logos. There is a, a terrible case with ARM dot, uh, I believe, CO or something like that, where there it, it was one of those pages and it had a logo on it. And the panel, what was crazy about it was the panel said, oh, and it has a logo that's similar to the other logo. And it's like, you look at the two of them, you're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but in any event, um, yeah, sure. The and and as as far as who's liable, if I um you know hire someone you know to do work for me and I am gonna you know put it on my website, um I will get you know hopefully from them you know a contract of some kind that assigns me the rights in the artwork. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, Barton Pollock again. You know, oh, and look, whoa, back. down the I rabbit hole. Look back. who it is. Look who's arrived. Uh, but one of the yeah. things you like to see, you know, one of the things you don't like to see, right? One of the things you like to see is, you know, an indemnification that, that the artist you know, represents to you. This is original work and whatnot, and I indemnify you. But again, at the end of the day, an indemnification is only as good as the ability of that person, you know, to back it up. If you mm -hmm. paid somebody in, you know, a, a, a Southeast Asian island country, uh, you know, uh, 10, you know, whatever tokens uh, in order to give you this, and they give you back an identification, you know, if, if you get sued, ultimately you are publishing it. When it comes to copyright issues, copyright is about, you know, copying, displaying, performing. There's a, there's a whole bunch of gerunds that you can do uh, to violate a copy, uh, copyright. And um, so, 
yeah i mean you you as the domain owner are ultimately you are the platform publisher you can get other people to make promises to you if you hire a reputable agency that has insurance in the u.s to do your artwork and you have an indemnification you know then maybe your indemnification is worth something but you know so, that's why so people pay a hundred dollars for a logo yeah. versus yeah. Ask, yeah. So, at, John, just ask kim.com who's responsible yeah. <laughs> but, but so john so what you're actually saying is that the owner of that particular property slash asset being the domain name is responsible for if they end up using a logo that's potentially infringing upon a, a copyright whatever yep. trademark that's on them it's not on necessarily squad help because they gave like they created it and gave it to them or is squad help in any way like liable for selling that logo that is infringing to them oh yeah they all are you don't you don't you don't have to choose you know if if yeah. i if i own a house and i yeah. rent it out to um you know someone who is selling crack and giving me a percentage of the proceeds um then i am you know going to be liable for you know having this business go on in my building as is the crack dealer as are the customers i mean it's you know there there's mm. awful activity all the way down and 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 you know it, it is a very apt kind of you know we always talk about domain names as real estate well you know what are you what are you allowing to go on on your real estate you know what kind of things what kind of activities are occurring is there gambling going on but you know? but it's even worse than that though john because let's just say you do hire um, a, a legit agency, right? Let's just say it's, you know, I don't know, 99 designs, right? Which is like a big company, right? And they have deep pockets, I would assume. So you hire them to make a logo for you. You put it on your domain name and now you get a UDRP and you have an indemnification from 99 designs. Let's just, I don't know if, how that works if you, they really do indemnify you, but I'm, let's just pretend. Mm -hmm. um, and you lose that domain name in the UDRP because of, you know, the uh, infringement or, you know, alleged infringement, that indemnification, you're going to, let's say that you can even, um, you know, go after them, but at what value? You're, you know, obviously we all think it's, it's a seven figure name. You know, they're like, no, this is a $50,000 name or $25,000 name or $10,000 name. So what is the value of that indemnification? Who determines what, what that domain is worth, right? Like, I, I just think it's a big mess. Yeah, and 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 let's say that the contract, you know, didn't exclude consequential damages, you know, other 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 kinds of secondary effects that could fall on after the after the copyright infringement itself. And yeah, you you get a hold of them, and say, hey, I'm being sued. You know, I, I believe it falls under the indemnification provision. Get a hold of your insurer, fill out the form, find out what's going on here. Um, and yeah, you, the consequential damages are the type you're talking about, where it's like, oh, and then I lost the domain name because of it. Um, yeah, that's, that's something that you would, you know, you would, you would want to pursue against them. A lot of times contracts specifically exclude that kind of thing. Um, and you know, how, how, how does the, how does the value of anything get determined in, in a legal dispute? You know, uh, you, you hire, uh, you hire Andrew and, and you say, you know, I need you to, to, to fluff up the value of this domain with your expert opinion and you give him He's a, a good fluffer, you know, or, or you hire, hire Braden as your fluffer. Yeah. He's not such a good fluffer. <laughs> <You know, laughs> there, there you, you would know him all. Yeah. You would know. There have been lots of court proceedings where where um 
people in the industry have been hired by sides as experts to opine on the value of you know domain names and domain name portfolios and so forth it's it's fun when there's a piece of litigation and somebody shows up as an expert and you're like who the hell is that because <laughs> you know mm-hmm. you, you tend to know who the real experts are right yeah, that's cream always rises to the yeah. top. So, hey, Braden has jumped down the rabbit hole with us. What's up? What's up? What's happening? Howdy. So we were. I heard, uh, I heard my best friend Barry Hill was here, so I had to jump in. You know, <laughs> I knew I knew you couldn't miss out on this, you know, so we got to introduce him to Amar for the first time today. So that was really cool. We're playing like domain matchmakers <laughs> here on uh, on Domain Sherpa. And, uh, you know, covered a lot of different topics, man. We got into a lot of stuff, but I think we got enough time for one more and then we're going to call it. Um, so uh, actually this one came from, so what we did in advance of the show, we said, hey, give us some topics. Some people reached out um, and uh, it was actually James Booth, I think that, uh, was it James? Andy, Andy I think. Andy. I think oh, it was Andy Booth. Andy. Shout out to, well, shout out to both Andy and James. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to both those guys. Um, and then said, uh what about stolen domains? And this one I think is a really good topic because I think, you know, when we're buying domains, when anyone's buying a domain, right, it's a matter of trying to do some due diligence to understand, okay, you know, go through who is history and things like that, that we do to try to verify and validate the actual ownership. Um, but what happens if you buy a stolen domain, right? I mean, technically that's going to, you know, largely buyer beware, but you know, what does the amount of due diligence that you do matter? Um, and, uh, you know, so, and how does that shake out? Or are you just, you just stuck? Well, if you buy one, that's, that's a great question. Um, yeah, you, 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 you are going to end up, uh, you, you may end up getting stuck. Um, stolen domain cases, you know, vary from, you know, people who the domain name was stolen, but those people are never coming back from the grave or wherever, uh, to get it. Um, you know, or where there's someone, you know, going to be actively pursuing it, <clears throat> such as cases where the registrar account is hacked and they actually, you know, sell the domain name to another party. Um, I thought you were going to ask about yeah, that one specific case, which is which is terrible. But, you know, it brings us right back to um, the worst stolen domain situation I have ever seen was a guy had some pretty valuable domain names and they got stolen from his register account, registrar account. And um you know, we're not, whenever I talk about stolen domains, somebody says, well, how do you steal a domain? You know, and it's like, well, <laughs> but Archie. he was one of these guys who was at really, really uh, concerned about his privacy and didn't even trust who is privacy. So if you've been using who is privacy historically and you run around the planet saying, you know, this is my domain and I had it for several years, look at all these records saying it belongs to, you know, somebody in Iceland, you know, I, what, what, what is that supposed to mean? You know, what, so that it, it helps to establish, you know, here's an objective public record uh, at domain tools or that's at, another, yeah. Another great point for, you know, for real information in your, who is, you know, or, there are court cases where domain tools records have been used. Archive.org has been used. If you have contact uh-huh. information on the page, you know, so hiding will not help you, but this guy used uh, like a fake name. He didn't want, he, he, he had heard from someone that it was good to, to protect your identity with your domain names. He, he got advice from somewhere. You know, so probably a domain where they said, oh, no, don't put your name on any of it. So he had he had managed from the name on the domain to the account, to the emails, to even the payment instruments. He had managed to so completely isolate his identity, you know, from the domain names that it was like, 
how on earth, you know, would you ever even show that these domain names were stolen from you? Yeah. Um, because, you know, you're telling That's me. That's okay. Yeah. That's you're telling point. me they weren't validly registered because the registrar, you know, agreement says that you should main, you have to maintain, you know, valid contact information and so forth. And it's like, well, I didn't want to know who I am. It's, you know, it, it is an unfortunate thing. It's understandable when it com- it comes up in UDRPs and legal disputes. Sometimes it doesn't make people a bad person because they got, you know, bad advice or thought that, well, you know, I don't want to be contacted personally with letters that get sent to Omar. And, um, you know, so they so they do that, you know, not, you know, and it's not, you know, intending to do anything bad. But, you know, there there is uh, one one client I've had for a number of years um, is uh, a very, uh, a very private person. And he's so, you know, protective of his identity that half the time, you know, it always looks like he's guilty of something, you know, yeah. <laughs> the way he behaves, because it's like, you know. Everything he does, if he if he goes if he goes out to buy French fries from a fast food restaurant, you know it's organized like a crap deal. You know it's like oh look, well we'll meet on the docks at midnight and you'll have the extra large fries. You know and it's like you understand what you're doing legal anyway. Um, so John, I, can I, can I nuance the conversation a little bit? So so uh, the question came from Andy Booth, and and it happens that Andy Booth and myself. Um, are probably two of the most active people in going out and shaking the, you know, 90s registrations, network solutions tree and seeing what falls out. And it also happens that, you know, we probably bump into more of these stolen domain names than most people do. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a couple of weeks ago, I bought dsd.com domain, uh, the the domain name dsd.com you know, seemingly was going well at the beginning. Then it was like, all right, something is a little strange here. More or less, I was paying market value. Let's say market value might be 35, 40 grand in the domain name community. And I was paying, I forget, 25 or 30, right? And I thought, okay, good deal. But, you know, it's not way below market value. Um, Now, uh, Ultimately, it was it was uh, our good friend uh, 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 Stephen Lieberman, uh, uh, you know, who we were, was conducting the escrow for us. Um, you know, was very helpful in you know uh, us getting that domain name back to the original owner and screwing the uh, thief. Uh, it was a fantastic you know outcome. But um, uh, I've had other situations where you know uh, I got stuck with it, and I have had other situations where. Um, it wasn't clear. And my understanding is that like, if you, let's say that you are, uh, you know, uh, you go through escrow.com, who is a California escrow uh, provider. Let's say you even live in California and you buy this domain name and you truly, sincerely, you're buying it at, let's say, fair market value. You sincerely have no you you have no and shouldn't have any clear understanding that this is likely a stolen domain name. Um, you pay, you know, good money for it and you receive the domain name and then subsequently find out that the domain is stolen. And you're like, well, I don't want to lose $50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars. Um, you know, where do you come out on that? Is there some jurisdictions where if you pay fair market value and you buy that domain, 
you are you have rights. Uh, are there other jurisdictions where you're shit out of luck? How does that sort of fall? Okay, for our next hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, it's really it can be jurisdictionally dependent, and it, and it, and it and it can be dependent on a lot of individual factors. What's interesting is that in the United States, for the sale of goods. Uh, if I personally sell you stolen goods, then the owner of those stolen goods can get them back. And because I, if I do not regularly deal in goods of that kind, um, under ordinary sales principles in the U.S., the Uniform Commercial Code enacted in every state, um, title you obtain valid title when you buy goods from an established dealer in goods of that kind. Um, so that the person who's been harmed, you know, is not necessarily entitled to get the goods back, you know, from whatever. But uh, in this case that I shot. just mentioned, does escrow.com qualify? Like, so no, they're not the okay. dealer of the goods, they're not the dealer okay. of the goods, yeah. Okay, and and that that uh, that argument has been tried bona fide purchaser for value, a BFP. And uh, every every second year law student loves you know it, you do, it, in all the sales disputes you're always trying to find out a carnival of criminality has going on has gone on and you're trying to find out whether you know the hero in your exam question is a bona fide purchaser of value from a dealer of goods of that kind. Um, there is there are courts that do not consider uh, domain names to be property for the purpose of application of the UCC. Uh, so that if there was, you know, some underlying fraud involved, you know, it, it, it's still not a valid sale. Uh, that's what happened with, I think it was express.com or, or, or a name similar to that in, in a court in Washington. Um, you know, so th th these things have played out and, and, and it does depend on, you know, exactly what happened, uh, the skill of the advocate, the state that you're in. Um, you know, but I, th I think the famous, the most famous, you know, stolen domain of case was, you know, sex.com. And that's where, you know, for the purpose of conversion law in California, you know, a domain name is, is property, um, that aspect of property, not all property has every aspect of, of every other property. It's sort of like, um, you know, in, in Hinduism, uh, gods could have, you know, different aspects, um, and, and various ones of them may or may not manifest themselves at any particular time. <laughs> wow. that, that's a way to wrap up the show. We, we get I do think that's a good way to wrap it up. And, um, so, <laughs> um, but really I want to know what's up with Braden, man. How you doing? You've had the least amount of screen time, you know, so I'm just, uh, so how are you doing? Well, I'm just, I'm just glad I was able to contribute so much to this I show. I know that's what <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to like, you know, that's, that's my giving you an in. So do you have any, any feedback on anything John just said? Um, what did the, um, what did he say? What did the Hare Krishna say to the hot dog vendor? <laughs> Make me one with everything. Make me one with everything. That's good. Okay. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, why didn't the Hare Krishna vacuum the stairs? Uh, I don't know why. It's got no attachments. Oh, <laughs> oh I like it. Um, and that's the uh, show. <laughs> that's it. All right. Um, 
Yeah. No, well, look, we covered a lot of ground. I think we did a good job today trying to, instead of just staying on one topic, we think we covered like five and there's still a few more, but I think we did good. John, thank you so much again, dude, for showing up and uh, for being here with us. I want to thank all my co-hosts, especially Jen, but also the other guys, including Braden, for jumping down the rabbit hole. Um, we'll uh, we'll see how many how many viewers we lost based on some of the inflammatory stuff from earlier on. Braden, Friends you no um, longer have goodbye. Viewers, viewers, we just we just like yeah, we just like cancel countries. Like we're not just well, going. No, exactly. it, it's it's interesting that the, the the lower the friend counter goes, the higher the viewership goes. Yeah, exactly. That is that is true. Keeping it real, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we did, we did mention, we, we did cover, uh, just to, you know, to let Braden know what we've been doing when, 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 uh, he wasn't here, we did cover the epic meltdown and, and, and forgot to mention that even prominent investors, uh, lost money on epic. <laughs> oh, probably good that he showed up when he did, as opposed to earlier <laughs> on the call. So your name was not mentioned in any capacity. So, um, until now, but now it has been <laughs> So welcome. <laughs> you all right there? You see you under the weather a little bit? Yeah, you know, there are there are epic investors other than me on this show right now. What? Who? Who is it? Who is it? Say, no. There's a lot, there's a lot of investors <laughs> that, have, that have been around for a long time that have epic shares. Lots what? of them. In the so, room with us now, it's like the end of Sixth Sense. You know, all of a sudden it's like, wait, like thinking back or, or <laughs> usual suspects, Amara's Kaiser Soze. Right. There you go. I, I'll take the Kaiser Soze reference. but um, AKA. Not AKA Kaiser Soze. Oh, wait, I got to write it down. Write there it down. you go. Go not ahead. You actually want to say something. But I did. Uh, we did end up with some shares through a deal a long, long time ago. And those shares, I didn't even know about those shares until Brian uh, was like constantly uh, con- trying to contact me. And I'm like, why are you trying to contact me, bro? <laughs> and, then, and then he finally said, oh, you're on the, um, you're on the uh, cap table. Uh, on the cap table. I'm like, oh, how's that? And then he you've showed got thousands. Me. You've got thousands of tickets to the dumpster fire. Right. <laughs> keep, yeah. them, keep them in a safe deposit box with your eight point and, and your U.S. government savings bonds. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think we had like one one half of one percent or something. Uh, but anyway, so I didn't even realize. It's uh, like Dumb and Dumber, real quick, where they has the IOUs and shit, the box. He's like, "Ooh, that's right. a good one. you want to keep that one. You want to keep that one. That one's for twenty thousand dollars." <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Billy should show that scene. That's a good yeah. one. Well, let's, let's do that. Let's go ahead and do that. That's a good way to lighten the mood and, and call it a day here. Uh, Listen, Mr. Samsonite, about the briefcase, my friend Harry and I have every intention of fully reimbursing you. Open it up. Open it up. Go ahead. Open it up. Do what he says. Harry. That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. Go ahead and add it up. Every cent's accounted for. Look. See this? That's a car. 275 thou. Might want to hang on to that one. (laughs) 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 This This was this was an epic show. This was an epic show. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's not, nuclear not marshmallow or nuclear epic fail. I don't know. I have to we'll have to think about what we're going to call this one, Jen. I don't know, but I do. I do know that I am going to come up with the most ludicrous name ever to be the new domain holding company. Like I'm going to come up with something really good. Do it. Um, all right. Yeah, let's <laughs> Might go. Might be reverse toilet bowl holding. <laughs> reverse toilet bowl. I like it. Reverse swirl. Um, reverse toilet swirl. All right. You know what? On that, we got to go, guys. Southern Hemisphere Holdings could be interesting. Southern, that's, that we sounds too like, legit. That sounds like an actual we, company, man. Yeah, no, no, we, only hold things, we only hold things below the hemisphere or below the Southern Hemisphere. There's got to be a way to make this ridiculous. Reach <laughs> down under. Yeah. <laughs> we go the opposite way. Yeah, there we go. All right. I think I think that's good. I think if we've got any any, you know, anyone who hasn't canceled us, let's just, you know, let's hold on to them for just one more episode. And uh, I want to say, look, thank you to everybody who joined me on the show today, especially Jen, but also to the rest of y'all. And thank you to the audience for tuning in. I hope that uh, we got, you know, answering some questions for y'all. I hope you all appreciate that. Um, Like I say on every show without you, there's no us. So thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you'll tune in next time. And, uh, you know, uh, and otherwise we're not hard to find. Let us know what you think, the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, we will. He's really, he's really easy to find on who is. Yeah, he is. He just just look up his domains. <laughs> look up his domains. But um, and I, like I say on the end of every show on this show, fair, fair, and the Scottish phrase meaning good journey. May you travel far under fair skies and even further down deep rabbit holes. All right, thanks everybody. See you next time on Domain Sherpa. We're all rolled to domains and then some. Peace out. <laughs>